0: Hello and welcome
1: to NCBI Labs. So you're very welcome to this week's live event. Whether you're uh, with us live on Microsoft Teams or you're listening in on uh, YouTube or your favourite podcast platform, we're delighted to have you with us. We have a full complement with us this week as well. So, Sean Doran, Daniel Dunn, JP Corcoran and myself, Jude Marr, will be with you throughout the show today. And of course, as usual, we'll be joined by a number of guests on the show today. In a few minutes, we're going to be talking to our Chief Technology Officer, Cairn O'Mahony, in our Meet the Team section. Now, you'll know Cairn well already, of course. He's been on a number of live events with us, but he's managed to avoid the meet the team treatment so far. So today that all that changes. So we'll be talking to Kyron shortly. And then after that, we'll be talking about a really highly anticipated accessibility feature for your TV. The new voice guidance feature on SkyQ. We're gonna have the opportunity to talk about the various accessibility features available on the Sky platform as well. And to talk us through that, we're gonna have with us Sky's chief product officer, Fraser Sterling, digital accessibility manager, Claire Davidson, and their accessibility compliance lead, David Nason as well. So that's coming up in about 10 minutes time and we're looking forward to that uh, piece on uh, the voice guidance feature on SkyQ. And of course, later on in the show, we're gonna have our usual quick tips and tech help sections as well. Uh, Just a reminder that if there are any questions you'd like answered or technology you'd like us to cover or any questions throughout our show today as well while well, you can contact us using the Q&A panel on the right hand side of Teams or you can email us at labs at ncbi.ie. Now let's kick off our show today with our meet the Teams section and as we said NCBI's Chief Technology Officer Karen O'Mahony is with us this week. Good to have you back on the show Karen.
2: Thanks Jude, uh, good to be here as well. So
1: Karen. first of all, people have obviously got to know you a little bit already through the, the live events, but how long have you been with NCBI now?
2: Yeah, I think I'm coming up on just under just under two years. Actually, it's I think it's my two year anniversary tomorrow <laughs> of being with NCBI. <laughs> That's a nice I coincidence, it. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And to to mark your two year anniversary, you get to be on meet the teams. What a what a, <laughs> what a brilliant gift for. Your I two have year been looking
2: forward to get thrilled by you, Jude. I have to
1: That's say. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I suppose I should ask straight away. Having been here two years, and obviously so much has gone on in the two years, are you enjoying it?
2: Yeah, uh, working at NCBI is a huge amount of fun. It's it's a it's a an interesting one because. And I'm probably going to ruin your next question, so apologies to you. But, um, it's it's my first time working in in the charity sector. I've I've worked in many previous kind of more private type of or for profit roles. So what's really what's really unique about uh, about NCBI is that you're everything you do uh, around technology you're doing to try and help our service users. You're trying to help people with sight loss. And um, I don't know if, if many people know, but I, I do have sight loss myself. I I suffer from uh, congenital nystagmus, so I have uh, limited vision, maybe about 20%, 17, 20%, something like that. So as an ex service user of NCBI, it's really it's really interesting to see uh, some of what goes on behind the scene to, to provide all the supports that we do for people with sight loss. So it's been really exciting for me to get to know everyone in, in NCBI on a professional level and develop friendships with with the team and and outside of our team as well.
1: Yeah, brilliant. It, just as you were saying there, um, your own experience of sight loss, Have you found that that's kind of fed in to a lot of what you've been doing? Has it been quite uh, kind of advantageous to have the, that perspective?
2: Yeah, I. You know what we, we do it. We talk a lot on on the NCBI Labs team about you know um, you know digital inclusion and and making, uh, as many pieces of technology as accessible for, for people with sight loss as possible. I think it's one of the more challenging areas to, um, to have a perspective on mm. if you're someone that's fully sighted and, you know, for, for myself working in NCBI and, you know, particularly coming from a career that, you know, I, I felt I've always used technology to, to be an enabler, to be something that's, um helped me in my career and progress, you know, um and be able to sit in a room where where sight loss is not an issue. and um, my goal really, when I joined is to kind of bring that to that kind of ethos to um to technology within NCBI. And one of the things that we've kind of developed on the NCBI labs team is you know technology being the the single most important enabler for people with sight loss. And I think having um, having a, a you know uh, being born like my my site yeah. loss is congenital. so, I've had the, the same site issue from the time I was born right up until today. And you know, it, it's great to be in an environment where you can influence change around that because my goal really is that, you know, we can provide people with, with technology and effectively their, their sight loss or, and I put disability in inverted commas, I don't really like that word, but, you know, it allows, allows, you know, people just live a normal life, progressing your education, progressing your career and, you know, and just get on with things and that's really what what I hopefully that's the passion that I want to bring to the team that of of you guys that I work with but also the broader broader um, team of NCBI as well. So uh, yeah, it does. It absolutely gives unique perfection and sometimes it allows me to. To, to to bluntly bulldoze my way through so <laughs> some of the some of the red tape. T- I, I will say I, 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 I have to be careful with so you what you I'm you talking <laughs> about. <laughs> yeah, i
1: be, better be careful that I'm not agreeing with you too too easily. There on, on these questions, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> don't agree with your boss on everything. That's a that's a lesson on, on how uh, <laughs> to deal with these live events. Don't interview your boss on a live event as well. Yeah, it
2: was Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. isn't necessarily my
2: brightest for, idea here. For the record, it was Jude's idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so tell us, Karen. Just you, you mentioned there a little bit about your your background and and the the work that you've done before. Is the actual the main the main work that you're doing from a day to day basis. Obviously, you, you mentioned there that there's there's kind of the unique perspective that you have that really adds to the role with NCBI. But your background, was it was it similar
2: work in general? Yes and no. I mean, I think I mean, just to give people some insight to where, where I came from. So um, I'm a computer science graduate of a degree in computer science. I, um, uh, um, so. I also have a very unique perspective because I, I ran my own company in entertainment for a number of years, and uh, I joined after I'd done that. I joined a, a bank in Ireland, called Allied Irish Banks, and kind of worked my way up in technology. I worked in HR for a while, I worked in finance for a while, and then shift from, from there went to went to Ryanair. Worked in their, uh, I'm sure a lot of people know Ryanair, the the airline. Uh, worked in their their um, uh, their revenue systems and a lot of their web web based work and. I kind of, you know, that was really my first exposure to, to building software, or building a web page that, you know, as someone with sight loss, I wanted to make accessible, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and uh, it was interesting actually learning experience because when you when you build websites, and when you build products and you build applications, you know, you know, and this happened after I moved from Reiner to, to, to was in done stores for a while and worked on their e-commerce team. And, you know, everyone has this huge goal of, of making of making um, products as accessible as possible, but sometimes it's it's not always the um, the simplest thing to do, you know. Mm. So I, I spent many years, you know, uh, across various sectors in Ireland, building products, building software, and accessibility tended to be always something that was that was pushed towards the end of, of product development, you know. Yeah. And um, one of the first ambitions that I set myself in in NCBI when I joined is to really advocate for not only a, uh, software and products that were inclusive. But I think what's really, really important, and um, it's great that you've you've the team from Sky on later on, and I'm sure they'll talk more from this, but embedding accessibility and inclusion as part of of software development is is becoming more and more uh, the norm. And certainly yeah. when in my background as we were, you know, everyone had this aspirational goal of making accessible things accessible, but you know as you as you got towards the end of the development cycle, you know things you know you ran out of time or you ran out of money and, and it was an easy one to to compromise on and i oh, will get to that you know so mm. um yeah and it's 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 it, my perspective i suppose is a little bit unique because i've probably built 100 websites or managed the building of hundred websites and applications over the years and you kind of get to see not only what's good and bad from an accessibility point of view but also what's good and bad for a product point of view and i think in ncbi one of the things that we're we're getting really good now at doing is advocating for you know software or a product or whatever the case may be that's built to be as inclusive as possible out of the box you know and as as, you know and i think i the word even accessibility tends to be uh used less and less and it's all about you know making whatever product you're creating as inclusive to everyone as possible so um Yeah. yeah so that's that's been a that's been a really interesting kind of journey from wanting, you know, things to be accessible in my own career to, to being the one that, you know, helps other organisations make things accessible.
1: And it's really interesting, actually, just to have that kind of that expertise brought into the team as well, because it does give that kind of extra element to the perspective that's that kind of drives the team as well, I guess. But tell me something, Karen. you can't kind of drop something into the conversation there and expect us not to come back to it. You mentioned that you you were actually looking after your own, you, you actually had your own entertainment business.
2: Oh, yeah. You, picked you can't up expect story. us
1: not to mention that.
2: Yeah. So I, I did that. Uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of a slightly embarrassing story now, but like I never actually wanted to work in technology. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only did a technology degree to keep my parents happy at the time. And uh, I. I did my four-year degree and decided that, and then announced to my, uh, my, 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 poor parents that I wanted to be a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I turned turned down uh, job offers and set up an entertainment company and end up. Uh, I thought d- oh, this is really embarrassing, uh, but I was. Uh, it's, yeah. I ended up working at Copperface Jacks for uh, 10 years as their, as their resident <laughs> DJ. <laughs> so
1: Excellent.
2: After, after that, I figured I'd get a real job and went back and worked <laughs> at, at AIV. So uh, yeah, it's uh, the CTO come DJ. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two, so if you ever, if you ever, ever need any music tips on, on the line, <laughs> uh, I'm certainly here to, to help Jude.
1: Two roles that definitely just go hand in glove, really, don't they? They're, they're, they're so similar. <laughs> the
2: interesting thing is, you know, I. I remember because when you set up your own business like you know 80 percent of of setting up a business is is not particularly in the entertainment side of things is is you know you know uh setting up your website getting all your google adwords etc set up yeah. and then you know 20 percent is actually doing the the dj bit you know so yeah. i learned a lot back then about you know you know you want to get as much traffic to your website as possible so you kind of get this 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 um and also if you don't get work you don't get paid so i think that kind of <laughs> running my own business for so yeah, long yeah. Really embedded the importance of you know good customer service you know inclusive uh thing and you know just you know being in a position where you're accountable and i think that really stood to me and i encourage a lot of people to to you know go down and, and be self-employed for a little while it's, it's a hugely empowering learning experience for anyone you know
1: yeah absolutely well, and and that's a DJ else, yeah yeah <laughs> you'd recommend to everybody to work as a dj for a while
2: <laughs> yeah, now that they're not competing with me anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think anybody who was listening into some of the early live events would have been able to tell there was a little bit of a, a DJ background there somewhere as well. <laughs> um, yeah, setting up the, the live events to start with was, uh, that was definitely useful experience to have. So I'm not sure if we're still if we still have Karen with us yeah, or yeah, if we it's
2: still, I'm still uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's Grant, um, now we're never sure these days with the uh, internet connections and everything It's uh, yeah, it can be a little bit nerve-wracking on air sometimes, but tell us something, Karen. um, just while we have you there and we've talked about, like, the, the Smart Hub project before a little bit, I know that's one of the big projects that you've been working on, is there anything you can tell us about either that or any of the other projects that are, kind of ongoing at the moment
2: yeah so um i'd love talking about the the ncbi smart hub so as i mentioned one one of the one of the things i wanted to make sure when i joined ncbi is we'd be an advocate for technology but alongside that i wanted us to be in a position where we're supporting our service users in the tools that they use and within the first kind of six months of joining ncbi so many service users would speak to me or speak to the team and, and we're getting so many requests and ask about how, you know, how can they utilize smart technology such as Google Home or Amazon um, Amazon Alexa. So I've been toying with the idea of, of how, how we can provide services on, on those platforms. So, um, We applied for uh, uh, a grant to, to build a piece of software and this is the first time, um, to my knowledge, NCBI has ever built their own product. So, excitingly, we have literally this week started development on a brand new piece of software uh, called the MyNCBI Smart Hub. And what that will enable you to do is it's a piece of software that will run on Amazon Alexa and Google Home where you can say, um, Hey Amazon, or I, it's kind of I don't want to trigger everyone's devices, so I'll just say, <laughs> I'll just say, Alexa. So you can say, Alexa, tell me uh, the symptoms of a particular site of sight loss, or you could say, Alexa, call NCBI, or you could say stuff like, Alexa, I'd like to listen to the current uh, NCBI live event. So we've taken all the different services that um, uh, that NCBI provide. You know and we'll make them available utilizing smart technology which is all controlled by your voice and the most powerful thing about that is that uh, you don't need to have any vision whatsoever to utilize this technology and even more importantly it's 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 cheap so it's only you know you can pick up the cheapest amazon alexa or google home for about 40 40 euro i think they're about 30 30 odd sterling so in about 40 euros so you know in terms of providing people access to all the services that NCB NCBI provide, this is a hugely empowering service. So we've uh, we've partnered with a, an external company to help us build this. And what I'd like to say now is I, I pull a call out to all the listeners that we have, um, not only today, but I know the vast majority of our listeners are, are on our podcast later on, which is doing amazing by the way, Jude, congratulations on that. Had to, I've
1: had so many guests and so many um, Good subjects to talk about yep. as well.
2: Huh? So, time. if anyone would like to uh, take part in, in this uh, this project and would like to give us some feedback on it, you can send us an email to smarthub at ncbi.ie. And we're hoping actually to have the first version of uh, this product launched in about six weeks' time. So this is really exciting. So in the first version, we'll have things like, you know, all the diff- all information on different types of sight loss. You can ask it, you can ask Alexa, for example, about uh, tell me some of the symptoms of a particular side of sight loss. And what's really what's really good is that We're having uh, a board member of NCBI who is a consultant ophthalmologist uh, review all of the content so it'll be very heavily curated content that's available on on the smart hub so as a single point of of information on on site loss this will be huge you know Uh, additionally if you'd like to make an appointment or a referral to NCBI you can do it all through the smart hub now from, from now on and I couldn't be excited. Sean, who's on the call here as well, has helped me on, is helped me on the project, and we have uh, another project manager that's working on it as well. And as I said, we're working with an external company, yeah, to help us uh, to help us build it. I think a plane just flew over you there, Jude.
1: I think uh, so, yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, So again, just to reiterate, if if any of our service users or their family wants to be involved in that project, please do reach out to us. It's smarthub at at ncpi.e. We're really building this for our service users, so any any input you have uh, would be hugely valuable. And we have probably the guts of forty or fifty service users already that are already interested in taking part in the in the development cycle so I I would encourage anyone that's listening in today and they don't have to be just Irish based I mean I know we get a certain amount of um of international listeners to to the podcast as well so if if you'd like to um give us some feedback it'll be available worldwide and as a a single point of of information site laws I couldn't be more excited about this project this is like one of the main reasons I I took the job in, in NCBI to make really big big, profound differences in technology for people with sight loss.
1: Yeah, brilliant. And just remind us, just for anybody who would like to test, how how can they get involved with that?
2: Yeah, so the, the the easiest way to do it is, is to send in a, uh, well, they can actually email labs at ncbi.ie or they can email smarthub at ncbi.ie and we'll make sure that uh, we get in contact with you and give you all the information you need. The nice thing is we have uh, a certain amount of devices that we can give away to people for free. So if you don't have a device, you don't have an Amazon Alexa or 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 a Google Home we have a certain amount of them that we can provide to people so the quicker you get in contact with us the, the more <laughs> chance you have of getting one and again you don't need any any special techni- technical knowledge to take part don't feel that if this is something you know you've never built software like that don't worry about any of that we really want you to Use it as you would use any other um, piece of technology, you know. So this is about us uh, getting information from you. We want to make sure that we build the best possible um, smart hub for for our for our service users. The whole project will be wrapped up um, about November of this year. We'll have everything done. As I said, the first uh, release will be about six weeks time. And then your involvement really be just to give us feedback. You can give us as much or as little feedback if you want. You can maybe spend a half an hour a week on it, or you can spend a half an hour a day. It's completely up to you. Um, but we really value all the feedback of our service users, and that's why we're here to, to help them and, and build uh, technology to, to make their lives easier and make people more independent.
1: Brilliant, yeah, and that's a, such a good opportunity for people to really feed into that process as well. So we'll mention that later on in the show as well, just as a reminder for anybody who wants to to do that as well. So that was great and uh, great to chat to you, Karen, and to get a bit of an idea of uh, all the work that's going, going on at the moment. And I suppose where it came from as well, uh, a lot of the background to that. So that's really, really useful. Thanks for joining us on the show. Hopefully you'll join, you'll stay with us for the rest of the show as well, Karen.
2: Yeah, I'm happy to. i um, looking forward to interviewing the team from Sky later.
1: Yeah, great. And uh, we're looking forward to that as well. And actually, we've got that next up on on the show. So just as a reminder before we go into that, that if you have any questions, uh, you can send them through to labs at ncbi.ie or you, could, uh, you can get in touch on the question panel on Microsoft Teams as well. So we're going to go into that part of the, the show now and uh, we're gonna be talking about that big development in terms of accessibility when it comes to the TV that you watch. Sky continues to enjoy huge popularity, of course, and now their new voice guidance feature on Sky Q really adds to the accessibility features that were already available. So with us to talk about that today, we have Sky's Chief Product Officer, Fraser Sterling, Digital Accessibility Manager, Claire Davidson, and Accessibility Compliance Lead, David Nison. So you're all very welcome to our live event today. If you'd like to,
3: mute. Hello, hello. How's it going?
1: Yeah, great to have you on the show and thanks for joining us. Uh, appreciate you, you coming on to talk about it. It's a great, great new feature. Um, maybe just to kind of start off this section and uh, we'll, we'll obviously talk more specifically about those uh, features, those various features, but particularly voice guidance in a moment. But maybe we could come to you first of all, Fraser, uh, to start with, for, for those who aren't uh, already
3: familiar with it. Can you tell us just what exactly Sky Q is? Yeah, yes, yes, good question. <laughs> so, um, f- well, first of all, I did. I loved that last conversation. I, whatever you need from me on that, I'm in. I'll spend some weekends helping you do a bit of dev on that. And uh, um, uh, when I worked at Comcast before, I was uh, sort of overseeing or in charge of the. The sort of connected home, smart home space, and we work closely with our core accessibility team there at Comcast. So I've actually got yeah. a little bit of previous in that space, mate. So we should, ca- Kyron, we should, uh, we should catch up after, so we can have oh, a chat. Yeah, yeah, happy, happy to get your insights. Yeah, 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 definitely, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well, definitely. And insights, yeah. Yeah, yeah, defo, defo. Yeah. Um, so SkyQ, <coughs> so SkyQ, basically launched in two thousand and sixteen. Uh, the majority of the Sky customers now um, across the whole of Europe have SkyQ, and basically. Um, it's a plot you think of it really as a platform and it, it sort of brings together all your favourite entertainment uh, in one place, uh, mm-hmm. all, your, all your best, all the best content you'd imagine you get from Sky, so all the fantastic Sky content around sports, docs, news, comedy, you know, crime, you name it, movies, cinema, as well as like all of the best apps that are out there, so all your favourite apps as well, so whatever tickles your fancy there, whether it be Netflix or Amazon or Disney Plus, YouTube, uh, a bunch of stuff in the music space, a bunch of stuff in the fitness space. So really, like, I, I, I think we've really transitioned in the last sort of 9 to 12 months into and, and really an, a, an entertainment platform. The tagline yeah. the Sky Q is all in one place easy, and I think our number one job in our product team uh, is to make it as easy as possible for all of our customers, right? And I think yeah. that's where we're, where we're like, the, the the sort of crux of the conversation is today. And I could not agree more with what you said before. And there's a couple of things we think about in the accessibility space across all of our Sky products, including Sky Go and all these other, and, and now and everything like that, is, number one, more accessible products are better for everyone. It's not just about the accessibility community or the people that are in most need of those features. More accessible features are better, and we know that, you know that yourself. There's plenty of people that just like watching the TV subtitles on. It's much easier to hear what people are saying. Like um con- high contrast mode, all the stuff we'll get to talk about. And yeah. then the other one, I think the the sort of phrase I've sort of coined, as much as I can in the last couple of jobs I've had there. Karen, you were talking about it is as we want to try and move accessibility to the left. Meaning, if you try and put it at the end of the process, it's always going to be like you know in the cut and thrust of making decisions, what's in, what's out. But if you put it at the beginning of the development and discovery process, then you make yeah. accessibility part of the roadmap is by moving it to the left. That's when you can really unlock the power of all these features that we're starting to see now come out in SkyQ, SkyGo, and now across mm-hmm. across Europe. Yeah,
2: I think I might have to still move it to the left as well. <laughs> move it to the left.
3: Uh, <laughs> the curve, because everything left. To the left and then there's nothing left on the right. But <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Um, very good, and that does kind of very much tie in with what Kyron was talking about just a, a moment ago as well, that, that yeah. idea, yeah, excellent. T- tell us something, so so again, just obviously this is kind of, uh, that's given us a good overview of, of SkyQ and w- what it's able to do and the, the kind of focus on accessibility as well. Just just hardware-wise, I suppose, just to bring it back a, a level for a moment, Hardware wise, um, if somebody's using SkyQ, they're using the Sky Q box. What what's the kind of what's the hardware that people are actually using there? Can you describe the, the hardware a little bit for us?
3: Ah, sure, of course. So um for SkyQ, obviously we've got we've got Sky Broadband as well that provides uh provides broadband connectivity into the home and we've got a bunch of cool features in around that. Uh, but then SkyQ, we've got um basically two main Um, bits of hardware, I suppose, um, that come there. Three. All all good things come in threes. So first of all, you've got your main skybox. So now if you want to get, you know, 4K, HDR, Dolby Atmos, right, you can, that's your gateway. It's got, you know, a disc on there for your personal recordings. It's uh, connected to the internet thing like we talked about so we can get all, all the content no matter where it is. Um, and then for bedrooms or other rooms in your house, we have a little mini box that kind of connects to the main box, so you can watch your recordings all over the house. You can pick up where you left off. If you start something like last night, me and Corley were watching something down here, um, and then we wanted to finish it off upstairs, so you can do that. Uh, and then the, the third one, which I think is the best and most exciting piece of hardware, if you want to call it that, is our voice remote. And mm-hmm. the voice remote is is something again we. We had at Sky for a while and we've actually brought over from my, i worked at Comcast, like I said, we've brought yeah. over that voice platform that powers that. So we have a global NLP and NLU system. So that's natural language process and natural language understanding. So that means that no matter, like we, we can, we can gain benefits and accuracy and, um, you know, understand Scottish. So uh, <laughs> you, you can do that, you can. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I tell you what,
1: between Scottish
3: and Irish, if we can manage both of those, that's fine. <laughs> There's no dramas, no dramas. We've got all bases covered. Uh, so that, that means that people can just talk to their, talk to their, talk to their telly, which yeah. is what it's all about. And I mean, if you want to talk about a feature that kind of, uh, we talk about it flattening the UI, meaning twofold. One is, it doesn't matter who you are, you can get anywhere. So whether that yeah. in the topic today, like we're talking about. You know, if you're visually impaired, it's that exact example. Voice is an amazing thing. Um, also, a voice can take you to parts of the UI that you cannot get to with buttons, right? So if anyone's got Sky Q at home, try saying, for example, action movies with Bruce Willis, which is my personal favorite, and it'll take you to a page full of action movies with Bruce Willis, which, by the way, is all of his films, but that's not the We're point. <laughs> so, We're learning plenty about you, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> you name it me, so give me 10 minutes, I'll give you my Days of Thunder example. <laughs> but, but that's basically the, that's the kind of moose bush stuff, that's the hardware you've got. It's yeah, all yeah. that stuff works together, sort of, and the more products you take, the better the experience is, that's kind of the... Yeah, point. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, So when you said a moment ago, you were talking about kind of how you can tie in all those other apps and things. Are you talking about kind of Netflix, Prime Video, Disney Plus, Apple TV? Are you talking about all those as well?
3: Yeah, so we've got there We've got a lot. We made We've got more apps than not, you know, so yeah. we're always focusing on on, on uh, bringing more to the platform um, mm-hmm. You know, Netflix, Amazon, Disney plus YouTube. They're the, the big mm-hmm. ones for sort of inner, like traditional video consumption online. So when we say we've got them, uh, let me let me sort of quantify that it means yeah. it's not like a streaming box where you have to go into each app. Yeah you know, and then go in and see what happens, pick out what you want, then you hit back up and you come out and then you go back in another app. It's not like all tucked away in their own little stovepipes or whatever it might be. What we actually do, the Sky Q UI brings that all together, so it aggregates all the best content from all of those places, plus all the best Sky stuff, both on demand and on live, and it means you never have to pick up another remote. Uh, and it's all right there on your home page. So on your home page as a SkyQ uh, Sky customer, you get like a personalised home page, yeah? personalised yes. for you that's got the best of all of the content on there. So whether it's in an app or whether it's live or whether it's sky on demand, it's all just there right in front of you and you don't have to yes, go to the yeah. and find it. So that is like a key differentiator of what we do that I think better than anyone else. Obviously, I, I, I may be slightly biased, but I, I, it has the added benefit of being true, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Key differentiator right so it's all integrated yeah. there, so your home page has got everything there so you can see it all the best and latest stuff for you
1: yeah very good and t- talk to us a little bit just about um how those kind of various subscriptions would work then so for example if i if i was to have my own kind of netflix subscription can that be combined then with the subscription to Sky Q, for example
3: hi so b- what we have um So yes, so number of different options That's the beauty of the platform you can bring your own Netflix subscription and all you have to do is log into Netflix and then immediately like the experience comes alive. You've got all the great Netflix stuff on your on the homepage just like we talked about and also we can you can come to us and you can bundle it right so we've got packages where you can get like uh, Sky Cinema plus Netflix and then you, you we just make it easy for you by having it in one bill, right? So Basically, yeah. in any way you want to take it, you can take it. Um, the main, the main thing and the important thing is whether you want to do that with an integrated thing like Netflix or whether it's Disney. Um, we all we allow you to do that without leaving your couch. So if you're not a Disney Plus subscriber, for example, you know, or an Amazon yeah. subscriber, for example, you just sit on your couch. We take you through a flow, and then you didn't have to leave your couch, which is obviously a big benefit for me. And then I'm away watching, yeah. watching some sweet Marvel action or whatever it is with the kids. <laughs> It's um, whatever way you want to consume it, like our job is to make that as easy as possible for you.
1: Yeah, okay. So so it's all kind of combined into one space. T- tell us something, that's how it works well, I suppose, with a, a number of other um, applications that are out there another a number of other platforms that kind of, kind of combines it very very well. But when it comes to the actual, the internet requirement that's there, you, you mentioned that you're connecting to the internet. Does that have to be like sky
3: broadband for example? No, not at all. Um, you know, Sky Broadband's definitely the best broadband. You know, um, uh, like uh, that, 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 that. I, I believe, uh, but I, you don't need. You can, you can connect through other broadband providers. In fact, you know, we have some of the customer base that does that. So the most, I think, the thing, the thing about Sky Q that I think is great is that it combines the best of satellite distribution, right? And even though it might seem a wee bit old-fashioned, putting satellites into space it's a fantastic way to get. Amazing UHD HDR content to all of our customers, which is what we do today, uh, and we've got live football in UHD. That is the best way to do that right now, is that method. But then we can combine that with the best parts of the internet, meaning we yes, can yeah. deliver all that great on demand. So it truly is a hybrid platform, um, and that, I think that's 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 a great thing. So, um, but saying that, you can have Sky broadband, or you can have somebody else's broadband. It's uh, that's all good.
1: So, so you mentioned earlier as well, just. Just a number of different kind of expressions, I suppose. And again, just to kind of take any confusion out of for anybody who's maybe who who hasn't who hasn't been overly familiar with the different kind of uh, Sky offerings available. Things like Sky Go or Sky Plus or My Sky. H- how are those different from Sky Q? And what do,
3: what are they? What are those offerings? It's a great question, and I think it's an, an important one because. Um, you know I mean? If you're all about making it easy, like you know, I mean, there's no point in making it complicated with all these different apps, right? So I think the the key thing that we do, um, and this is really really important. So if you if you if you're consuming, right? If you're like want to watch some video, if you want to be entertained,
1: yeah,
3: really that the the what we've done there is we've created like an ecosystem to do that. So. Uh, As a Sky Q customer, I also use Sky Go, right? And Sky Go is also available to Sky Plus customers as well, for the record. But with Sky Go and Sky Q, what we do actually, we can, um, you can watch all your recordings in the home on Sky Go. So say, for example, somebody's watching something in the main TV. um, At the moment, it seems to be something like that's unwatchable for me on Disney that my kids love. So if I want to go and watch like Rory McIlroy, and I'm not playing to the audience, but it was great on Sunday night if i want to go and watch him win <laughs> then I, I i would i can go and watch that on my ipad on sky go in my room right and i can yeah. use sky go to watch him the recordings i can also use sky go to continue watching where i left off on my sky q box Yes. And really what Sky go, SkyGo allows you to do is it allows you to have your own personal Sky on the go. So if I'm uh, going on a plane, I can download movies to SkyGo and watch them on the plane. I can stream live content, on-demand content, all within that SkyGo app. And that's available on iOS, Android, tablet, phone, PC, Xbox, you name it, right? So it's, it really is like creating that extra part of the ecosystem that allows you to watch on the go and at home and really join that experience together. So SkyGo Sky is a phenomenal product. It really is and it's, that, I would say, has come on leaps and bounds in the last sort of 18 months. It really, really has. We're doing a release every month, so every month you'll get something new from SkyGo. I there think it's,
2: it's interesting as well, Jude. One of the things that we've seen, just to give Fraser some context as well, is that a lot of our service users, even since I've joined, I've been surprised as how many people don't um, use entertainment you know like sky in their homes because they they have this kind of negative assumption that something mightn't be accessible out of the box you know what i mean and i think it's great yes, that yeah. you know we're moving to a, a point where you know we can actually turn around and and do demonstrations for for people as well i think just just to give you that perspective as well because it's good to give give our service users an overview of the amount of entertainment that's available to them because typically organizations like ourselves we kind of focus on a lot of the basic stuff you know like some of the mobility stuff not that it's not hugely important or education or employment but a big part of people's lives as a service user and i've used skype before myself in the past and i just give you guys some feedback i literally picked sky because i could see it easier and that that was why i got skyq i looked at your competitors and went i can actually see the interface uh, 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 uh much much cleaner than the other ones and i could actually utilize it myself so you know you see a lot of you see a lot of service users out there, they just make the assumption that they can't have, you know, they, they, they might necessarily go to Sky because it's not accessible. They might go to X because it's, it's not accessible. And I think it's great now that we're in a position where we can give people an overview of the amount of entertainment that's out there to them, you know, and how they can take part in it, how, how they can control it themselves, whether it's through voice or, or through the other features like that. So just important kind of to point out as well.
1: And I think it's great to have that element of, of kind of confidence as well of, of what's out there and how, how it works and how well it works as well. So it's, it's a, definitely a really good subject to be to be talking about and uh, definitely something that, that people find very helpful already. I have to say, Fraser, just before we go any further, you're getting fan mail in here already. Just one comment came in here um, that seem, seems old fashioned to put satellites into space is the best quote that's ever been on the live events. I'm <laughs> <laughs> to with that. You <laughs> very, said that. very old fashioned to
3: be putting satellites into space. Given <laughs> <with> the times,
2: <laughs> I, I, I heard that too. That was brilliant. Yeah.
3: Okay. It's, but like, you know, um, it's probably worth noting as well. Like, um, you know, as we to, just to keep on this topic as much as possible, I think. The last, since in the last sort of nine months or so, like the push into like quote unquote accessibility, which I am never like the biggest fan of using that, it's a bit of a broad term, but like really thinking about our entire customer base is, we, has been marked, uh, whether it be subtitles that we've been really rolled out across all on demand for our streaming platforms or some of the features we're going to go on to talk about. Like we really, like, we are a national product what we are, right? And uh, if you're going to do that, you need to, you need to make sure that you're, you're addressing a national customer base. And I think that, you know, it's really important to us that we, like, all, all of these features that we've been talking about, right? And you can see that because we're not talking about it, we're doing it. Uh, that's yeah, That's the first thing. The second thing is, I think the, the most exciting part of it, actually, for me is, um, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. My grandfather was an amazing man, but is, like, you know, his hearing wasn't the best. And it used to I used to go and watch football with him and it was impossible to share the experience with him because it was it was such a loud experience. He was so loud you just yeah. couldn't converse with the guy when you we were trying to watch the football. And it stayed with me and like the more when I moved over to the States I worked with this guy, Tom Wodowski. And like I, I realized that it was a it was a common thing for mixed homes. A home where somebody had some certain needs and and another people didn't or did and vice versa. And I think that's things like voice guidance and the high contrast mode in particular um, really to me shout to our role within the home which is is really providing a family experience right or, 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 a, or a shared experience and, and and allowing a bit of control back when certain people are on their own and being able to watch the TV is one thing but allowing that sort of bimodal thing when people mm. are watching together I think is even better. So the ease of switching these features on and off, is a real indication of our understanding that, that it's not just an on or off feature, it's a bimodal feature and often these features need to exist in places where not everybody has the same needs. I, I think there's
2: there's a really good story that I've I've I, I heard as I joined NCBI, which is which is kind of speak to to your approach. And just to give you, and uh, feel free to use this as well. But we were dealing with a, a service user who uh, had, uh, and by service user we mean you know someone with sight loss, someone that's uh, experienced uh, yeah. sight loss. And he had he had lost his sight um, uh, late in or later in his life, so he was an adult, you know. So he had rapid sight loss, and obviously that's a hugely traumatic thing for anyone to go through. And we were we were doing a lot of rehabilitation and a lot of support with him as well, but one day we were talking to him and I, you know, we were teaching him like touch typing and how to use his iPhone and things like that. And I just happened to say to him, like, what, what do you miss most about, you know, you know, having something? And I said, you know what, the, the biggest thing I miss now is I don't watch TV with my mum on a Saturday anymore. And I was like, what, what do you mean? He goes, no, because I can't watch TV because I need, you know. I need audio descriptions, and I don't know how to turn them on. And we sat down and we we showed them that, and it was like this, you know, the bad pun, but it was almost like an eye opener. We always talk about in our team, it's game changer features like that that make such a huge difference to people, you know. And it's the little things like it's not just about you know how to use a white cane; it's also how to sit down on a Saturday evening and watch the football with a family member or yeah. watch a movie with a family member, and just to be part of the experience like everyone else, as opposed to you know, I need to sit in a different room because I have right. to turn the TV up very loud, or I have to set it up a certain way, and um, that's, more.
3: yeah, couldn't agree more. I, I I could not agree more. Like, and I, you hopefully you could. I'm very, really pat pat like from that. Like, it's a a very small experience compared to, like, what other people are are experiencing. But I just. Mm. Re- that resonates with me the, the other thing the the feedback and when we did something similar in the states the feedback was also um um you know i i can now choose what we watch yeah. <laughs> before yeah, yeah. it's like i was just like a lot of feel i'm just a recipient to everybody else's choices and now i, I like no, yeah, no. Yeah. here's what we're watching tonight and that also just they control the remote like, control exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly
1: yeah. Yeah, and it, it kind of speaks to, I suppose, exactly what's been spo- uh, um, mentioned already. The idea of the term accessibility, it kind of serves a purpose, I suppose. But the idea of inclusivity is uh, so yeah. important to it as well. Isn't it? Yeah. I tell you, just at this point in time, maybe we can bring in um, Claire and David as well, because we're, we just want to maybe get a little bit more specific about the uh, the features that are there for, for those with sight loss, maybe could, could you tell us just a little bit about some of the accessible, and we'll use that term, accessibility features that are already available um, with SkyQ for people with sight loss? And we'll, we'll get onto voice guidance in a second, but what's already out there? Sure. I can do that.
4: Um, great to be here by the way. and I totally agree as well. Accessibility is a really useful fe- word. We all know what it means, but I love yeah. the terms like inclusive design and universal design and that's what it's all about. Um, so it's but some of the key ones we have a remote control which has larger so people with motor issues can find it easier to to press buttons and things but people with sight loss also can find it easier to maybe see the buttons that kind of thing so that's one feature we also have some features on the box so um you've got a high contrast mode that's been mentioned a couple of times already in conversation which obviously helps a lot of people with uh, with low vision to to see those menus that little bit easier and read the screen we exactly. also Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people use that. And again, it's. A, I think it's a great example of, I think Fraser mentioned, it's not always about the people who identify as having sight loss as such. It can be anyone who just maybe struggles to read the screen from across the living room might find that kind of feature useful. Um, and that may be true for voice guidance to some extent as well. Um, we also have audio description, which is obviously huge in our community. I know I, I hardly watch anything other than sports obviously, but, you know, if it comes to movies and TV shows, I virtually always watch shows that have audio description and movies that have audio description. Yeah. It makes such a difference and we have a really high quality audio description at Sky. The guys are really proud of what they produce, really put a lot of work into it. Um And yeah, it's, it's really good and really good coverage, really good, you know, all of our key shows, our top shows come with audio description and we're committed as well that we'll never have a show that has audio description on season one and then doesn't have it on season two, that kind of thing, because
1: yeah, that can yeah. be such a letdown. Yeah, um, absolutely.
4: Yeah, I can imagine that. That's going yeah. to be
1: quite important. And it's and interesting, we'll, just go, so on. go ahead. Go ahead,
4: David. Yeah. I was just going to say around discovery of shows as well, with audio description, we wanted to have a few features along the way, even before voice guidance, for helping people to find that stuff. So yes. you can highlight shows in the TV guide so they'll stand out in a different colour. Um, within the grid and also when you're changing channels, you can have it make a beep sound. So when you land on a channel that has audio description live, you'll hear this beeping sound. So you know, oh, I've got an an
1: AD show here. Excellent, yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned that. I think one of the questions that we have a little bit later that came in from a service user actually just mentions that, but we'll, we'll come back to that maybe in a little bit. But interesting to hear that those sort of features have been there already and as Karen has mentioned as well that they' are ones that people have already found useful so when you've got that as your kind of uh, as your foundation for I suppose can you tell us a bit more now about voice guidance and how that feature works with SkyQ yeah
5: sure I'll take that one if you like hi we've yeah. <laughs> got <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad to be here. Um, so voice guidance is a screen reader um, on SkyQ, and it provides spoken navigation guidance for people with sight impairments. So what it does is it speaks out the items on the screen um, as you navigate through, and you can um, use um, your voice remote control to kind of switch that on, or you can go into the accessibility settings to to, to do so. But I guess the, the best way to show you is to, to give you a demo. I mean, is yeah, it a great. great time to kind of go ahead and do that? Yeah, please, yeah. Great. OK, lovely. So, um, Dave, do you want to just go ahead then and demo like how you would go about finding and browsing uh, part of the TV guide for us?
4: Yeah, sure. we Will do. So I'm just going to go to my TV. What I'll do as well is I'll, um, what voice guidance, by the way, it does when it's speaking, it mutes the background audio so that it's not trying to speak over each other. But what I'll do is I'll pause the box just so we're not being interrupted in the interim when we make, when we take pauses. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, first time school,
3: first time
4: Find the pause button. Okay, so that's paused now. If you can't hear this, tell me and I'll uh, turn it up a little bit higher. But what I'm gonna do here is press the home button to go to the main menu. Press the wrong button, okay.
6: Main menu, press up or down for different categories. Home, one of 14, press right or select to choose.
4: Is that clear enough? Yeah, that's clear, yeah, Yeah, thank you. Uh, And the home button is actually a lovely big, easy to find button as well. It's just below the down arrow button. It's a nice big pill-shaped button, so tactilely it's actually quite uh, easy to find as well. I'm going to go down one then to TV guide in the main menu. TV guide. Two of
6: fourteen. Press right or select to choose.
4: And I am letting it speak out, but if I know where I'm going, I don't have to let it finish the phrase. I can press the button and interrupt it midway, but I'm letting it speak out the full phrases at the moment. Yeah.
6: TV Guide, press up or down for different genres. Press left to go back. All channels. 5 of 70, all channels. Press up, down, left or right to navigate through the TV Guide. RTE 1HD 101, select to view in full screen.
4: So there we've landed on RT1 and it says select to watch in full screen because that's the one channel I was already on. If I was on another channel, it would say select to watch in mini screen. And that's as people who have Sky may be familiar, there's a little TV in the top left corner or top right corner um, where while you're in the menus, you can still see a bit of the screen. So um, it'll say select to view in mini screen first and then that will change to select to watch in full screen so that you have the right instruction and now that's just the channel i could go up and down it told me it's a grid so i know i can go up and down for the channels i can go right and left as well for uh, to explore the grid so to explore what's on rte1 i press the right arrow these tenders started at
6: 3 p.m duration 30 minutes video format hd Subtitles, audio description. Callum worries he will be left standing at the altar, so Kathy encourages Phil to speak to Ben. Hegan panics when he finds Bailey's dog Banjo alone and injured. HD, select a view in full screen. Press R to record series, press R again to record once.
4: So I got all the information of what it is. When it's on, you'll probably have noticed the audio description badge was yeah. read out for me, which is really useful and how to record it, that kind of thing. When I know what's on later, I just keep going right. So if I press okay. right several times, see where East it lands. Denders. Oh, EastEnders again,
6: Super it's always on. Starts with 8pm, <laughs> duration one hour, video format HD, subtitle. Siobhan Pio is a graduate architect, but her design is more focused on planting than hard landscaping. She hopes her art and treat and our esterative themed garden will prevail. HD. Select to choose Super Garden. Press R to record series. Press R again to record once.
4: So that's what's on at 8 p.m. on RT1. If I want to know what's on on 8 p.m. on RT2, I just press down and it'll stay on the same, um, the same time zone. So if I press down, it'll go to RT2. 2. RTE2 2 HD.
6: 102. Your home made perfect. Starts at 7:30 p.m. Duration one hour and ten minutes video format HD, subtitles. cutting edge virtual reality and visual effects enable people to see what the future of their home could look like before it is built in reality. Presented by Angela Scanlon HD select to use your home made perfect. Press R to record series, press R again to record once.
4: So I could just keep going down the grid and explore by going down to go down and up and down to go through the channels and right and left to go through the time and it'll read out all that info.
5: Just to add, as well, you know, when we did user testing, it was it, with our customers. It was really important to get their um, thoughts on the order um, the information is read. So we've kind of rejigged things a little bit um, because, obviously, from a sighted perspective, you can, you know, uh, easily, you know, understand, you know, what time it would start or the, you know, looking for other bits of information, the synopsis. So we made sure that we included things such as started at or starts at as was one of the, the first things that I heard and a lot of that feedback in ordering came from reaching out to kind of customers and doing some some research with them so that was a, a really vital part of of uh, of this sort of uh, the delivery of this of this feature but um, Dave do you want to go and maybe where how, how would you go to the kind of sky cinema from here then and do you want to pick a pin protected screen for us
4: I can yeah so if I wanted to go to sky cinema I don't need that's in the 300. So I don't need to arrow down 200 times. I can just go to the category, so Second I'll go across here. make the
6: Goldbergs. The, the Snow Spider. So I'm going left the back, back through the grid here. Horrible
7: history.
6: Mm-hmm. RTE 2 HD. TV Guide. Press up or down for HD. Plus one. Documentary. Kids. Movies.
4: Oh there it is. I went past it. Movies. Movies.
6: Ten of the movies. Press up, down, left or right to navigate through the TV guide. Sky Premiere HD 301. Select a view in Mini TV. Press right for upcoming programs.
4: Okay, so what I'm gonna do then is select this to go to this channel.
6: Selective view in full screen. And
4: again, to go to full screen.
6: Sky Premiere HD 301, Alien Stole My Body.
4: Okay. Watch
6: from start, Alien Stole My Body.
4: So I'm going to go up to try and get to a channel that has a pen screen on it, which I'll usually get on the
6: three hundred and two. Lord of the Rings Fellowship. Selective Sky Bates HD, 304, Roman Holland, Sky Animation HD, 305, Watch From Star Minuscule, Sky Family HD, 306, Notification, Sky Action HD, Street Fighter, 1994, this is a pin protected program, please enter your pin, 1 of 4, 4 of 4, Sky Action HD 307, Street Fighter 1994. Watch from start, Street Fighter 1994.
4: So I'll pause again there so you'd have heard when, when yeah. a, a notification came up, it was actually read to me, so I'm not stuck on a screen wondering why the movie isn't
1: playing. Yes, yeah. And then it requests your pin to, to be yeah. entered in. And
5: as and I
4: pressed it, when I pressed yeah. zero, it says one of four, two of four, three of four. So it tells me that even level of the detail.
5: And that yeah. indexing, the indexing was just so important to make sure that we added in a feature, you know, just to really ensure that you could orient yourself wherever you were, whether you're in a, a menu item or within one of the pages, that, that numbering was was so important to us.
1: Excellent, yeah. And it's actually really good to to hear that demo live as well. I always have a, a slight bit of nerves whenever there's a live demonstration because things can, can go wrong quite easily when it's when it's happening live. But it's great to hear just how logical and easy that that whole process actually is and how kind of reliable it is as you as you work through it. It was excellent. Yeah, Um, and I I
5: think it's worth calling out as well and the the, one of the features is uh, hints the ability to switch hints on and off and I don't know if we've got time for Dave to kind of show you that, but that was definitely a a big feature for us because we kind of we we knew that when you started to to learn the interface, you would need that additional support information so that you knew whether to kind of go up or down left or right just to kind of give you an overview of the grid so that you know you could go right, but but over time, maybe very quickly, you would then get to a point where you knew that. Um, But but as we uh, improve the interface, and you know, and, and add and add add more uh, voice guidance to it. We, we we you know we need that so that you can you can learn how to use it. But like I said, you want to be able to get to one where you can switch it off. So we've 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 made sure that we've included the ability to switch hints on and off. And I'd say, Dave, do you want to just kind of give a quick yeah, demo that of that? Quickly.
6: Main menu.
4: So For we're going to go. Down it's down into, into the
5: main menu, and then we'll go down to on settings. app,
6: settings. 12 of 14. Pre-
3: and then stages. Accessibility.
6: Parental. Accessibility. Accessibility. Press up or down. And then activity. down
4: to voice guidance. Voice guidance.
6: You can so
4: tell you can I've learned the interface already.
6: <laughs> select with hints and to then. Give extra h- details recommended for new users. On with hints, press up or down for options. So One of three, select to choose.
4: So we've got on with hints. So when you go to turn on voice guidance, if you do it through the menus, you've got three options. You've got off, of course, you've got on with hints and on without hints. So on
6: without hint. I'll switch to press. on
4: without hints yeah. and now will go back to my main menu. Main menu, home.
6: 1 of 14.
4: And that's it. So we lose the press select or yeah. uh, press right to select choose. If I go to my
1: recordings, TV for guys. example. Yeah, so you're not getting as much kind of um guidance along the way, yeah, as much kind of perfect. tips along the way as to how to use it. Kind yeah. of useful to so once somebody is said, well used yeah. to the, the interface, isn't it? Exactly.
4: Yeah. Uh, so it was really important to us when we were talking and when we were speaking to doing our user kind of testing um that it was really we realized it was really important just to have hints, but it was almost equally important to have the option not to have hints people, you'll have that preference. You'll have some people who want them all the time. You'll have some people who use them for a week or two and then and turn them off. Or it could be the case that, you know, there's an update and some screens change and you turn them back on again for a few days till you get used to to some screen that you yes. haven't used before, yeah,
5: yeah. yeah, absolutely. That you haven't. I mean, I've just spoken to a uh, a new customer uh, who came to us because of this this new feature, which is amazing. Um, and she's been a customer of ours now for. We've had it installed for a week now, and she's still got hints on, um, and she's really enjoying having those on. She doesn't feel quite ready to kind of take those off. So that's really that's really nice to kind of hear that. Actually, as a new customer, you know, it's 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 brilliant to kind of have that feature. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was actually just,
2: I was just a question I was going to uh, ask you guys. Do you find one of the things that that we've question we get asked from service users, how quickly would you say it would take someone to to become used to the, the voiceover feature on, on Sky Q? Like, is it a is it a week thing or is it a, a month or have you had any feedback from from people so far?
5: I, th- I think I think it personally depends on on whether you um, you've, you've been an existing customer for a while I mean there's some people that that kind of have worked out sort of how the interface works either by learning it themselves or cited assistance so I guess somebody mm. like that you know may find it's kind of quicker to mm. kind of get to know about it because they can kind of visualize it in their mind maybe a bit more mm. um, but I think um, I, I you know I, I would say you know a few weeks is a week or so I suppose it's personal presence reference, isn't it? I mean David
4: could you gonna add yeah. on that. And what I'd say I suppose is it's yes. well there's a couple points. One, obviously there's gonna be a lot of people who have some limited vision who can maybe see the see how it's laid out. So they maybe don't need a hint at all because they can already see that, but they need the voice guidance to help them read. I think that's one part of a and I think people will learn the general rule of the interface. Kind of, it's a bit different to say the web, which is quite linear. You're used to kind of arrow down through. This is a sort of a left to right. So it's kind of you, you work out that you you start in the leftmost column and you go across to the right and you go across to the right again. And sometimes at the end of that you're in a grid, and sometimes at the end of that you're in a list, and that's where it could be maybe mm. a little different.
2: But. And did 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 I hear you say at the start there's a there's a way to turn off on and off quite quickly? What like for, just for example, obviously in. In many households, you might have one person with limited vision, and everyone else might be fully sighted. So, is there is there a quick way? And even I know from my own wife; like she she tends to be driven nuts because I have subtitles that are at the highest, you know, the biggest font <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. And uh, then she sits down to watch something, and it uh, drives her nuts. Is there quick ways to turn it on and off for people in in the family yeah, that might can, might necessarily?
4: Yeah, you can use the remote control. Yeah, the voice. So yeah, you, yeah you can the use the
5: voice, the voice remote. Sorry, Claire. No, there's yeah, absolutely. You go for it.
4: I think I was Yeah, you can. If you have a, a remote control with a microphone on it, you say voice guidance on or voice guidance off, and it'll uh, it'll switch on or off uh, straight away for you.
2: And is it just a sorry, Jude? I think I might be stealing no, your questions. Ahead. I hope you don't <laughs> mind, because <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of excited. I uh, I'm hoping Absolutely, to sign up yeah. for Sky in about two months, so <laughs> I'll have all, all, all a list of questions. Why don't we get it straight from source? Um, but <laughs> Additionally, is like is this feature set live at the moment? Like can people uh turn it on for themselves now if we have Sky customers listening to the live event now? Has it been rolled out?
5: Yes. Yes, it has been rolled out, fully rolled out, so everybody has it. So um oh, that's great yeah, this. if any of your listeners already have SkyQ and they haven't turned it on, then please Uh, do that and and you know let us know what 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 they Mm. what they think Um, they can do that by going to the sky community forum and we've seen quite a lot of uh, lovely kind of comments and people uh, creating videos on on Twitter, which has been lovely to lovely to see. Uh, But also we have our access contact center as well that that uh, that, you know that would love to hear from our customers. So um, use as many kind of uh, ways as you can to kind of get in touch Mm -hmm. or on on this on this uh, program as well. But um, yeah, please let us know what people think. It's really important. That's why we need <coughs> to get that out now. To mm. we want people to, 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 to kind of tell us. We you know how how can we improve it going forward. Yeah, absolutely.
4: Yeah. I would say as well, it's on mini boxes as well. So Fraser mentioned the, the fact that you can have your mini box upstairs or what have you. It, it works on those as well as the main box. Um,
1: Excellent. Yeah. The feature does yeah. require broadband. That's one thing just to be to be aware of. Yeah. Okay. Very good. There's a, I think there's a lot in that. And to be honest, there'll be there'll be more questions as well. I wonder just. For the moment we might just come back, uh, to, to you guys in a second with uh, one or, one or two more questions. But there have been a number of questions that have come in about this, and uh, I wonder if maybe we could bring um, JP in first, and then I think uh, Daniel has some, some questions after that, JP.
0: Could you go through some of the questions that we received in? Of course, Jude. Yeah, we we have a few questions that came in over the last week from service users in relation to the new uh, voice guidance feature that you might be able to help answer, guys. So, the first one is How does voice guidance work in combination with audio description? So, currently, with audio description enabled, there's a beep to indicate when a program, show, movie offers audio description. Does this change with voice guidance? So, Dave, I know you were talking about voice guidance a moment ago. Would you like to answer that one?
4: Uh, sure, I can. Yeah, so it's completely independent in that sense. So there's no change at all to audio description. If you have beep on audio description on your box, you'll still get that even with voice right. guidance enabled. Right. Yeah,
0: no great. problem there at all. It's nice to have the indication, isn't it? Let's you know that the program has AD available. Yeah, 100%, um, Very yeah. good. Um, great. The next one there. Going to the second question there came in. I understand the red feature that allows users to access interactive content in certain events. For example, choose to watch their favorite premiership team uh, play while other matches are playing. Will voice guidance assist users in accessing red button content via an accessible menu, for example, for live sports?
5: I can tell that one if you like. So not at the moment, right. um, but the on the remote control you can find the red button um, located on, above the number one on the on the keypad, um, and we've also got some uh, help content that explains to you kind of the layout of the of the remote control.
0: Okay, great. Thanks, thanks, Claire. Uh, there's one more question that came in here over the last week. Can voice gardens be used to access my recordings on the Sky box?
4: Yeah, it can indeed. So, um, in that main menu, you go down. I think it's the third one down is recordings, and just go right from there and into most recent. And you'll have a in in. It's a grid of items, so it has four columns across and however many rows depending on how many shows you have recorded,
0: and you can access all of them no problem. Great. Thanks a lot for answering those questions, guys. I think Daniel had some additional questions uh, to ask that, that came in over the last uh, hour yeah. or so in the show. Yeah, I do indeed.
7: And um, two two questions. And I. I probably won't phrase them as questions or more. I think like feature requests. Um Mossy is in offline. he says he enjoys the premiership. Um but there's no way of uh getting to you know getting to hear the listings of the team, the players, as sometimes the commentator doesn't um doesn't read them all out. Would it be the possibility maybe I suppose we kind of touched on it a wee bit there, but the red button could be placed to go in there when the match is on and Bring up the team listings and have uh device over read those out. Maybe that's a feature request.
3: That's a good, that's a good, that's a good feature request. I, I'm into that one, so let me, uh, <laughs> that's quite a good one. I'll take that back. We've got um, in Sky Q. we've got a bunch of cool um, additional features in the sports section. The sports section for any sports fans is legit. And um, we've got a bunch of apps in there and stuff all about tables and fixtures and stuff. So let me, uh, let me take that one away. And yeah see what I can uh, see see, what, see what I can uh, work with the team on
7: Brilliant. And the next one, uh, I think is uh, somebody who downloads uh, film or a TV series. um they're not able to get the audio description with it. Um, is that something that's going to be addressed?
3: Yeah. So downloading uh, or downloading where on on Sky Q or on? They haven't, they
7: haven't specified now. I'm presuming, um, I'm presuming it's maybe to the app or something like that.
3: Yeah, I think on on Sky Go we're heavy on the subtitles. And then uh, we're bringing the line for for all linear channels as well. David, pro- I mean, I the think audio, it's audio descriptions. Yeah,
4: there. yeah, I think audio description at the moment it's just on broadcast linear. Um yeah. But there is a project go- ongoing, so you know, audio description will be coming to on demand, and yeah. you know, that that definitely will future, happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay.
3: Absolutely.
7: Annie, will I push you on a time
4: for it? <laughs> <laughs> You can try.
3: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know the yeah, time. Yeah, I actually don't know. Um, As a
7: friend says to me, Christmas time, but I'm not telling you which Christmas.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 my, my, yeah. I used to work with the guys to say summertime, but I'm not telling you what hemisphere. <laughs> <All right. laughs>
4: we know that's it is true. an ongoing, it is an actual active project. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. it really.
7: Ah, oh, well, that's yeah. really interesting. So just a, in the pipeline. a
4: hope for the future. It is an actual project.
7: Fair <laughs> play. Thanks very much, guys. And I think that's everything I have. i um. Yeah, uh, I think that's it all for me.
1: Very good. Yeah, brilliant. So uh, a good few questions coming in there and actually just kind of tying in, I suppose, with one or two of those questions. Maybe um, we could broadly ask. Obviously, this whole feature has been brilliant, a, a great project up to this point to get delivered and rolled out and that'll make such a difference to people. What's the kind of roadmap for accessibility as it stands at the moment now?
3: Got well. We got quite a bit on the go. Like I kind of hinted at, um, I think we, I think the good thing is, and everybody should take this the right way. We don't. We consider all of the kind of, you know, this many hours of this and this many hours of that as 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 the floor, not the ceiling you know, yes, and yeah. what, right? And then you can see that by all of the stuff we've been talking about, especially around audio description and subtitles. So I think in, in our streaming estate, we want to make sure we've got all the best coverage. Um we talked about audio description there on the on uh, on on downloads and on demand and all that good stuff. I um, I, We've also got a couple of things I really can't tell you about because they're quite difficult to do, but I, I really I really love we we and I really love this idea of kind of like our, our role is entertaining, entertaining the house and entertaining the, the family um, uh, with people in there that have got different needs. So I think there's lots of cool things we can do there around audio and audio description and, uh, and yes, things. Yeah. That. We've got some, we've got some good things uh, in the oven. So we're not, we're not backing down. I think we want to make sure that um, these types of features, because they are making better products for everyone, are a core part of our roadmap going forward. Uh, and yeah. that's whether it's on the Sky Q platform itself, or whether we're continuing to take advantage of all the great features that are on the platforms. That are on, you know, voiceover and other things like that, being great examples. So, like, just I just I, I would just, I would expect sort of stuff on on a, on the reg, to be honest.
1: Yeah. No. Well, that's brilliant to kind of hear, not just about this um, feature that's that's clearly going to be such a difference maker to to. People, but also to hear the the kind of passion that that you all speak um, in relation to uh, accessibility features in the future as well. It, it's great to see that it's such a core part of what you're doing, and uh, it's been great to have you on the on the show today. Really appreciate you being available to talk to us about the the features. That are available on Sky Just before we finish off with, with that, just remind us again. You mentioned already, I think, but just if there's any further feedback or questions mm-hmm. that people have, um, how can they kind of get in touch, or what's the best way to get in touch?
4: Um, yeah, we'd love to hear from customers uh, about what what's important to them that we that we do, what you like about what we've done so far, and what what you what you change and all the rest of it. So. Um, you can join us on Sky Community, which is helpforum.sky.com online, and there we have. And if you look in the discussions area, we have a board called Sky Accessibility, so you can go in there and you'll be interacting with the likes of myself and Claire and others, other uh, colleagues. There, uh, we we you know stay on top of that board and, and read it regularly. So please do let us know there. We also have a dedicated customer service team for accessibility. Um, we have people based in Dublin, so you can call that number um, or reach out on, uh, on Twitter or social, other social media as well, and they'll, um, they'll be delighted to, to take that feedback from you as well. Um, mm-hmm. I'd also point you as well to sky.com where if you go to the help section, we have uh, an accessibility category uh, in there as well, where you can find out more information about voice guidance and all of our other features.
1: Brilliant. Well, it's been great to talk to you today, uh, Fraser and Claire and David. We really appreciate your time coming onto the show and explaining so clearly the the features that are available and uh, we look forward to seeing how that continues to develop and uh, some of those projects that were mentioned there that you, you couldn't uh, talk about too much at the moment. We look forward to seeing the development of those as well. Thank you very much for coming onto the show today. Our pleasure. Thanks for Thank having, us. For having yeah. us. Thanks for having us. Thanks everybody. Very good. So I'm sure you'd agree that uh, that was a really exciting feature to to talk about and uh, it'll be interesting to to really get to to use that. We'd love to hear your continued feedback with that as well as to how you're getting on with that so uh, we really appreciate uh, Fraser and Claire and David coming on to talk to us about that. Don't forget that you can listen back to that piece on YouTube or on your favourite podcast platform as well if you want to. Now uh, today what we might do for our Tech help and quick tips section. We might just ask one of the the uh, questions that came in for tech help. Um, maybe we can go to JP. There was just one one uh, quick question that I, th- I think we can answer, and the time that we've got left, JP.
0: Yeah, sure, Judith. A question came in uh, just from the week from someone who asked, "Can uh, can I use Alexa to call someone who doesn't have an Echo device?" And the short answer is yes, you can. not so with Alexa, you can make hands-free calls. To anyone who has a supported Alexa-enabled device or uh, the Alexa app. So these can be voice calls uh, if you have a standard Amazon Echo device, or it can be video calls if you have an Echo Show. So to get started with it, you need to add context to the Alexa app. So you open up the Alexa app. We select Communicate, which is at the very bottom uh, of the of the of the app, the navigation bar. We select the contact icon, and then we select the menu icon in the top right corner. Of the app. Once we do this, we can select the add c- contact uh, to add individual contacts, or we can select import contacts to enable Alexa to upload contacts from your device's address book. So once it's set up, you can then ask Alexa to call a contact in your address book, and we'll call them on their Alexa device or on the Alexa app. So it's simple as that. I think it's a really good feature. I, I've been using it more uh, myself. I do use it like quite a lot, Jude, for actually calling my yeah. own mobile phone when I have I've misplaced it in the house. <laughs> so oh, I didn't I know you well. could do that, JP, that's a
2: yeah. great idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Find my phone,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, very good.
2: Yeah, well, so you just say, for... hey Alexa, yeah. I've lost my phone. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm answer
1: Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, very good, so that's that's great. Hopefully that answers the question that came in there. So it's uh, yeah. very, very usable, very good kind of, uh, it kind of qualifies <laughs> as a quick tip as well this week for how to use it. Alexa, another uh, excellent uh, command that you can use for that excellent feature. That's
2: good. Yeah,
1: very good. So that's uh, great to have that, JP. Thank you very much for helping us out with that. So hopefully you've enjoyed today's show. Uh, just a reminder again, of course, that if you need technology assistance or if you uh, want to just get a bit of advice or follow up even from today's show, you can get support from the labs team from nine to five, Monday to Friday on 1850, 923060 or you can email labs at ncbi.ie, or if you want to avail of wider NCBI services, you can call 1850 33 or email info at ncbi.ie. Of course, we always appreciate your support of NCBI, and if you'd like to make a donation to help support our services, you can do that through donate.ncbi.ie. Just a reminder as well, we mentioned earlier in the show, and we said we'd, we'd give a reminder about the NCBI Smart Hub project. So obviously you're kind of getting to to know what that's all about. Now we've mentioned it a few times, being able to access NCBI services quickly and easily through your smart speaker at home. So if you'd like to help out as a tester of the NCBI Smart Hub, please do let us know by emailing smarthub at ncbi.ie. That's smarthub at ncbi.ie. And just before we go, just a reminder of what we'll be talking about in future live events. So on our next show, we're going to be discussing what's happening over at the NCBI centre in Talent, how the centre there is developing into really a, a centre of excellence for NCBI. So listen out for that and just what's happening technology wise as well there in NCBI Tallinn. We're also going to be talking about speaking email, an app that does it pretty much exactly what it says on the tin. So we'll be having a look at how effective that is as well. Reminder that our next show is next Tuesday, May the 18th at the usual time of 2.30 p.m. And if you want to stay up to date with what's happening on our live events, as well as plenty more, you can subscribe to our newsletter on our website, or you can email us at labs at ncbi.ie if you'd like to do that. So all that's left for me to do today is to thank our our guests today. Uh, So Fraser and David and Claire, we really appreciated them coming on from Sky and also our ex-DJ, our current Chief Technology <laughs> Officer, Cairn <laughs> O'Mahony.
2: Actually uh, Jude, I, think, I think what I'm going to do is interrupt you a little bit just before you finish up if you do not mind. <laughs> I just wanted to say um, a huge well done to yourself Jude and JP and all the team working on the, the live events. Uh, we never thought uh, we'd be doing them almost every week for a year and it's been hugely successful just seeing the amount of downloads that service users are are doing and the amount of views that we get on a new job and it's a huge credit to you Jude, JP, Daniel, Sean and all the team, Joe and everyone that works behind the scenes to make this possible. I just want to say to everyone a huge well done and thank you so much for all your hard work and I really enjoyed being on the show today and keep it up guys it's brilliant.
1: Thanks very much Karen, and uh, thanks again for joining us on the show today and it has been a, a brilliant year, really, in terms of all the the various topics that we could cover and the, the lively discussions we've had as well has been really enjoyable. So I, I think had,
2: we need yeah, another Android on. versus iOS uh, conversation <laughs> to come up pretty soon. I, I feel I feel Apple has to be represented uh, represented quite heavily enough since i I handed you the the mic, Jude. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we're we've uh, we, we've cut down on security costs in the meantime. Of that, so. <laughs>
2: okay. Thanks, Scott. I'll, I'll let you finish up, Jude. Yeah, Thanks again. We look,
1: we look forward to plenty more uh, debates in the future, and we've got a few other ideas as well to uh, to uh, really kind of uh, keep keep everybody engaged and involved, and uh, hopefully presenting the the information and the the uh, discussion pieces that are really relevant to people as well. So we've uh, certainly enjoyed that over the last year and we look forward to plenty more. So from uh, myself, Jude Marin, from the, the rest of the panel today, JP, Sean, Daniel, and of course from Kyron as well, uh, we want to uh, say thank you very much for listening and we look forward to having you all back with us next week for another NCBI Labs live event.